What's up, Hit Squad? Welcome into the Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Chris, not the quarterback, Sims. It is Wednesday, June 16th? It is the 16th, yeah, correct. 16th? Yeah, that's correct. June Roughly. 16th, 2021. Wonderful day to talk fantasy football. Joined, as always, to the left of me, A1 Michael Setta. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, okay. And we got our residential Ravens fan, the Solus K9, sitting or sitting across from me. He's not standing. He's sitting. You know Brutus isn't in this room, right? I'm looking at you. I'm talking about <gasps> Rydog over here. Oh, easy on the Ravens fan stuff. Oh, yeah, I forgot. It's Dolphins now. He has shifted to the Dolphins. <laughs> Big Dolphins guy. Big Two of throwing five picks in OTAs. Don't talk about that. I'm Big. trying to sell him in Darnister. He threw up. five picks in OTAs. Don't. How could you not talk? Everyone's talking <laughs> about not that. It's not AFC East week. <laughs> Fins up. Fins up. Fins up. So which one do you guys want to buy Tua in Dynasty? Nobody. I'm glad I sold them. Son of a bitch. You're the one I was <laughs> going to sell them to. Anyway, uh, you can find us on Twitter at HitStickFantasy, at, on Instagram at HitStickFantasy, Facebook, HitStickFantasy. Shoot us a DM, ask us some questions, get involved, get on this show, like, subscribe, leave reviews on Apple, do all the things that help us out. We got a fun, jam-packed show for you guys today. We are talking, that's right, AFC North. <sighs> and this is... Uh, this is a very hot division here because, as you all know, we are all three on different sides of the spectrum here. We got... I mean, it's 2v1. I Let's know, be honest. You're, you're a Ravens fan, dude. I am not a Ravens fan. Does anybody else own Lamar Jackson on a fan, on a dynasty team? Yeah. I don't think that counts as being I a do. Ravens fan. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I drafted him in like the fourth or fifth round, I think. Yeah. He slid. What else can I do? I mean, I, I don't blame you. I know he is. He's a very good running back to have. So, uh, but anyway, we are going to dive forward here. And we got some other big things planned. Uh, so we, got, we got somebody big coming on tonight, don't we? Special guest appearance. We have a guest. We do. And well, it's not my brother. It's not your brother. <laughs> it's not JVEC. It's not one of our dipshit friends. Nope. Yeah, someone actually legit coming up a little bit later on in the show. So really stoked for that. And, you know, make sure you stick around and listen to that interview a little bit later on. All right, so without ado, we are talking AFC North. You guys want to dive right into everything, get things started here with a little bit of Dynasty buy, sell, or hold? Let's do it. All right, let's dive right in. Let's get off to the bat here. Uh, you guys, if you listen back to my Big Hitters to Buy episode, you know how I feel about this guy, but we're talking running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Mixon. And um, look, he's coming off a quite a disappointing season, but a lot of that's due to injury. Uh, there was really no reason to bring him back. What are you guys doing in a dynasty league right now with Mixon? Are you going to hold him? Are you going to go out and buy him? Or are you selling him? I personally am trying to buy him. I think he's a great running back. I think he's got top-tier RB2 potential, maybe sneaking into that RB1 territory. He'll get the usage, that's for sure. I just don't see the team being a good enough running team. They'll be playing behind a little bit more than they should be, and they'll be more passing focused. So I think his upside is kind of capped in that department, but I think he'll be just fine. He's going to handle all the groundwork. So I'm, I'm trying to buy Joe Mixon right now. Yeah, for me, uh, it's you got to know when to hold him. <laughs> know when to fold him. So in my opinion, I'm going to hold him. Um, I think buying him right now is all on potential, and he hasn't really proven that potential yet. But he definitely has top 10 running back ability. So I'm going to hold him. I'm not going to try to give up too much to acquire him, though. Yeah, and for me, it's pretty plain and simple. I've outlined a lot of it. It's very rare in a dynasty league when you can get a guy that has RB1 upside to, to, you, it's very rare to buy one of those guys at all. And I think Joe Mixon has that. So for me, I'm absolutely buying. I'm going to highlight right here, 59 targets last year for Gio Bernard, 47 receptions. And I expect well over half of those at least to go towards Joe Mixon. So, but anyway, we got, uh, we got time to talk about him in a little bit. Let's move forward here to a resident Cleveland Brown wide receiver. I'm talking Odell Beckham Jr., are we buying? Are we selling? Are we holding? What are we doing with Beckham? Uh, personally, I'm a hold. I think Odell Beckham, he's a great wide receiver. He hasn't shown his upside flashes since coming to Cleveland, but if you look at his 2019, he saw 133 targets on this run-first offense. Like That's a lot of volume, and he didn't do too much with it. The Browns didn't do too much with any of their opportunities that year, so if he comes back with a full season, I think we can see the reemergence of top tier Odell Beckham. His ceiling, I think, is wide receiver one, but his realistic expectations for me are like a wide receiver three with middle wide receiver two upside. Yeah, I think the benefit for Odell is I'm I'm a buy. I think he's he's had a couple of disappointing seasons recently, so I don't think you're gonna have to pay the fiddler to get him on your team. And he's gonna be on one of the most explosive offenses in football. 
lot of scoring opportunities. Plus, he's one of those guys who can score from anywhere on the field. You give him the ball in the 10-yard line, he can take it to the house. You can give it to him in the goal line, red zone. He's a great opportunity. I'm going to buy Odell all day. And I hate to be agreeing with a residential Ravens fan all day today, Pierre, but um, I'm also going to be holding. Now, I think it's I think a lot of it's team dependent. Like if you're a contending team and you're like a wide receiver away and you can get him for a good price tag, like a second round pick, obviously you should jump all over that. But I just don't feel the need to go out and buy a receiver that's had two underwhelming seasons in a very run happy offense. They're going to, I expect this team to be very heavy on the run to pass ratio. So uh, I'm a little nervous on Beckham at the same time, you know, we're all in leagues together. Odell Beckham for Elijah Moore straight got declined so you can't should you can't get anything for him so you'd be better off just holding suit so that's uh where i'm at here are you guys uh, ready to move forward into uh another fan favorite section uh yes i am yeah yeah it's hit or miss there you go i'll let you take that one today it's not hits of the week no, no, it's not. We're, we're, we're not far from there. We're but, not far. So anyway, uh, you guys are getting, you guys are catching on here. We are doing AFC North hit or miss. I'm going to say a statement. You guys are going to say if you think this statement is a hit, a.k.a. it's going to happen, or if it's a miss, a.k.a. it is not going to happen, then we are going to keep track and, you know, somebody's getting a dinner paid for them. And injuries will avoid that. Certain hitter minimum thirteen games played. We're not arguing this right now. Anyway, uh, the Cleveland Browns will win the AFC North in two thousand and twenty-one. Hit easiest one of the day. Hit. They have to come in first place to do that. Yeah, hit. that's that's what winning means. Yeah. Hit. Yeah. Okay. Hit. 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 Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. I could see the Ravens maybe getting close to it, but I think that down the stretch the Browns are going to have a easier time to you know get that thirteenth win and win the division in twenty twenty-one. Yeah, and um, you know, there's there's one big problem standing in your guys' way besides the Steelers, obviously, and that's that you guys can't beat the Ravens. So I'm gonna say miss. It wasn't too far off last year. That first game, obvious, but that's that second game. What was it? Thursday night football, or it was a night game. That was a like 45, was Monday, 42 Monday night. Yeah, something like that. That game that was up in the air. So I'm I'm fine with contending with the Ravens this it's, year. And I can sweep agree. is a sweep. Yeah, I can agree with you, Chris. We that is one of our biggest hurdles we're gonna have to get over. But we have a very favorable matchup where we play them, they play the Steelers, we have a bye that week, and we play them again. Yeah. So I think it's going to be easier to get a split there. And we're not playing them week one. It's like it sucks that we're playing the Chiefs week one as a Browns fan. Like that's seeing that was kind of a bummer because we I don't think we've won a first week in however many years. But we tied the Steelers two years ago. We did tie, so we didn't lose for once. But no, uh, yeah, not seeing the Ravens in week one is kind of a it was a really happy sight. Okay, so uh, moving forward here, Lamar Jackson is going to have his third consecutive 1,000-yard rushing season. Is that statement a hit or is that statement a miss? I'm going to go with a hit. I think he's one of the best running backs in the league, so it's going to be hard for him (laughs) with adding another game for him not to get over 1,000 yards this year. I'm personally going to go miss, not because I don't think he can. What? But because 1,000 yards for a quarterback is hard to project. So I can see him like he's 800 plus, like that's a given, but pushing a thousand, man. I mean, that's just, uh, even with the extra game, even with the extra game, I'm just going to take, I'm going to take the, the mathematical odds and say, that's a miss. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I'm going to go hit. I've, I'm tired of betting against Lamar Jackson's legs and having it burn me. So I'm going to, until he proves me wrong, I'm going to say hit. I think the only thing stopping him from doing that is an injury. So going forward here, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers will make the playoffs in 2021. This statement's obviously a hit. I mean, this is the 11-0 Steelers from last year, right? I'm going to say hit as well. Oh! I think we might go with three AFC North teams in the playoffs again because the Steelers are the Steelers. I'm not a Steelers fan. I hate the Steelers with all my guts, but they've got great coaching. They've got a well-rounded team. They added Najee Harris, who's my favorite like young running back in the league. Yeah, you're higher on Najee. I'm than I am. so high on Najee. It's like I need to go to rehab for it. So yeah, I they're a playoff team, and I hate to admit it. I am shocked. I am bamboozled, flabbergasted. The craziest okay, adjectives you can think of. That is a miss. They are not going to make the playoffs this year. They will hit that cliff, and they will be tumbling down. And I do not think that they're going to make the playoffs this year. Who? I love it when people think they're not going to make the playoffs. I can that's see when them, they win the Super Bowl. I could see them finishing with the Bengals right around six and eleven. 
Fair enough. This next one involves the Bengals. Moving forward here to number four. That's right. We get a bonus AFC North fourth hit or miss here to show how excited we are for this episode, and that is Joe Mixon, dating back to what I was just getting at, will have 45-plus receptions in 2021. For me, I'm going to go with a miss. I think that he's going to be close to that, but that's a big mark. Like That's a big number to get to, and he'll be an elite top five running back, I feel like, if he gets that. And I don't know if he's going to be there. I think he'll be closer to the you know high 30s, maybe low 40s, maybe right around that number. So I'm going to take the under on that. Well, looking at 2018, he only played 14 games and he had 55 targets and 43 catches. So if you gave him that three extra games without Gio Bernard, I'm going to say hit. I think 45 catches isn't too out of reach for a running back who is seeing the bulk of the work. Yeah, I'm also going to go hit. You're adding on the extra game. You're taking away Giovanni Bernard, somebody that this franchise is trusted. I'm not going to factor out Samaj P. Ryan. I do think he's going to get some work, but... Somebody has to be a change of pace guy. You know... And we'll talk about Mixon in a little bit, but fun fact, you know, up until Mixon got hurt last year, he was he led the league and in, in running back in touches overall. And so I think Zach Taylor has shown that he is willing to do exactly what he says he's gonna do and feed Joe Mixon. So I'm going hip. All right. All right, we're moving forward here, getting into the division breakdown part of this show and <laughs> So groovy every time. I love it. Every single time. We are kicking things off. We are in alphabetical order as requested. We got the Baltimore Ravens starting things off, followed by the Cleveland Browns after that. (laughs) Then we got the Northern Kentucky Bengals, and then we got the Pittsburgh Steelers to round out this show. We are going to start here in Baltimore. Question number one. Can Lamar Jackson finally improve as a passer? That's where we're going to start. I mean, I'm not going to bet on it. I don't think he's going to be some kind of great, like, throw on a dime, like, perfect pass type of guy. But just with what weapons he has now and what he can do with his legs that kind of opens up a defense, I think, yeah, he might have a higher completion percentage, maybe a higher passer rating, but I don't think it's going to be anything to, like, open eyes at. Yeah, I don't know if he's going to improve all that much as a passer, but I'm kind of with Ryan where I don't know if he needs to. I think that rushing upside and that ability is what makes him valuable. So in fantasy wise, in the NFL as a quarterback, you see him get shut down in the playoffs, and that's just when you're playing better defenses. So I, I think I don't think you need him to be that better of a passer. He can still be a top six, you know, QB in fantasy. Yeah, and I, I absolutely I, I love Lamar Jackson as a fantasy quarterback. Um, I think that we see a I, you know, I'm curious to see what they're going to do this year because I believe that the Ravens want to open up the pass a little bit more. I think they know that in order for them to make a Super Bowl run, they have to be able to air it out to hang with the Kansas City Chiefs, to hang with the Browns. You know, because like you guys pointed out, that was a shootout. And that was... So, and I mean, I like the addition of Rashad Bateman. I think Rashad Bateman's the kind of receiver that is perfect for a guy that's struggling to have a good completion percentage because he's that possession receiver that you can really look to to bail you out. I have a hard time projecting it and saying that he's going to impress because I've been waiting for that for so long, and he's just not shown me that he can do it. But I'm very interested to see how he does do this year as a passer. I think we're going to learn a lot about Lamar Jackson as an actual quarterback in this season for his career. Now, and that takes me back. I mean, obviously, you know he's a threat with his legs. Do you think that he can get back to that MVP form where he, you know, is a top five option in fantasy, a week-to-week advantage, somebody that is QB number one overall, you know, almost guaranteed with that. Is that in the realm of possibilities of this year? Is. I mean, he finished as the MVP. He led the league in touchdown passes two years ago when he was the MVP. Like, it, like it is not out of the realm of possibilities that he's the best fantasy quarterback in the league this year, especially with a dude with a thousand yard on the leg upside. Like, that's just, you, it's not, you can't knock it off. Like, it's, it's what he is. So if he does improve at a pass, as a passer at all, he is automatically a top five option. Yeah, I just think with his with his rushing upside, getting a thousand yards, getting a couple of rushing touchdowns here and there, he could be top five. Yeah, and um, so in my where we're gonna leave things off here with Lamar Jackson, you know, let's take the first segment a step further. He had a disappointing start to the year. That's what the fantasy community has labeled him on. When a player starts off rough, you get that that stench, that stink. Nobody really wants to look at you in the light for the rest of the year. In a dynasty super flex or even just a regular one QB dynasty, are you buying the dip on Lamar right now? Do you think he's a good buy? 
I think he would be. Yeah, if you're a quarterback needy team and you can get him for anything lower than what like he should have been, like yeah, that's an obvious buy because what he does is fantasy gold. That's just all it is. And he was phenomenal over the backstretch last year. Yeah, he was the QB ten at the end of the year, and he missed a game, and he was a little banged up. He dealt with COVID. Like he was, he was still great. Like he, it was disappointing because of what we expected out of him, but he was still good. Yeah, I think if I'm gonna buy, if I'm gonna be buying him, it has to be if the player or the team owner values him as last year's Lamar instead of the MVP season. Because I'm not buying him for that price. I agree with that, I'm, and that's why I said buy the dip. You know, we're, we're talking Dogecoin here. Talking Doge. <laughs> All right, so uh, question number two here for the Ravens. Will J.K. Dobbins be an RB1 in 2021? He will not. Do you want me to elaborate? I I do. Uh, Gus Edwards is there. They they like to mix the ball around a lot. I mean, J.K. Dobbins had the highest yards per carry last year. He's a great running back, but he just doesn't get enough of the work and enough of the snap share to command that RB1 potential. So I think he's a great guy. He'll be an RB2, but I just as an RB1, I'm not going to bet on it now. Yeah, for me, it's kind of similar to what Ryan was saying. Um, you know, a lot of the running backs that are in dual, you know, backfields like Chubb and Kareem Hunt or even Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, they don't have a running quarterback who's running for a 1,000 yards. So that's where the big difference is for me, where Lamar can take off and run at any point instead of dumping it off to J.K. or handing the ball off to him all the time. But that read option, you know, that's just taking opportunity out of his hands. Yeah, and with like what we saw with Mark Ingram a couple of years ago where he was an RB1 with Lamar Jackson, it was because of touchdowns. You know, and you can't project that many touchdowns on a running back. That's just too hard to do unless you're Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook or something. Like, no, you can't project double-digit touchdowns for most of these guys. So if J.K. Dobbins doesn't see those touchdowns, he's not going to be up in that tier. And they'll be splitting passing work too. So it's it's just too hard to predict. I don't think it's out of the possibility for him to finish, no. but it's. I feel like it's more unlikely than likely. Yeah, and I mean, and I, I'm bullish on J.K. Dobbins. I love J.K. Dobbins. Like for everything you guys has highlighted. I mean, this he had a 6.1 yards per carry. He is the goal line back there, in my opinion. He's the favorite to get those touchdowns. He is my. He's the favorite to get the pass catching work. I do think there's a world that J.K. Dobbins absolutely finishes as an RB1. I think if J.K. Dobbins gets a full workload, he's arguably a top five running back in this league. Uh, but what I will say about that, just from the realistic standpoint, is that J.K. Dobbins is one of the running backs this year that holds a lot of risk. Because while he can also be in that RB6 to 10 range, he can just as very well be in that RB18 to 24 range. Yeah. And so... You got to really decide how you got to decide if you're in on Dobbins or not and move forward with that. I'm in on Dobbins. I love him. I love the player. I'm going to bank on the talent. It's a good team. So I I would be willing to take that risk. But then again, I'm also going to draft accordingly and fill my team with other less risky options to make up for that. But he's going to be an interesting player this year for sure. And I mean, we're going to move forward here to this guy and exactly what you alluded to, because this is one of my favorite handcuffs on the year, you know, is Gus Edwards a sneaky value for everything you just said as a handcuff in 2021? He's more than a handcuff. I agree. He has value. He has standalone value as a flex play because he is involved in the game. He's involved in the run game. He's involved in the pass game. He is the change of pace guy. They just gave him a contract two years for nine million. Like they love Gus Edwards. There. And he also led this team in rushing yards last year. Gus Edwards, not yeah. well, not. I mean, obviously, if Lamar Jackson was the RB one, but you know, yeah, he had five point oh two yards per carry. He's Averaged above five yards per carry his entire career. Like Gus Edwards is nothing to scoff at either. So it's it's hard to project like that he won't get a good sizable workload. So no, I I love Gus Edwards. He is more than just a handcuff to me. Yeah, the, the key is to what Ryan was just alluding to is he's flex worthy week in and week out if you're desperate. And if he does, J.K. Dobbins does go down, he can turn into a league winner for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it's definitely like you hit the nail right on the head with that. Target absolutely should be targeting him in all your drafts. Uh, moving forward, Mark Andrews. Do we think he's look? Can we can he improve on his tight end five finish? Do you think that's something he can do better, or is that exactly where he is? I think that's kind of around where he is because he he is Lamar's favorite target. He is old reliable. He's always open in the middle of the field. Whenever Lamar can't find anywhere to run or can't find anyone down the field, Mark Andrews is there. So Mark Andrews, if he catches enough touchdowns, he he's a top five tight end for a reason because he's good at what he does. They got rid of uh, Hayden Hurst because they love what Mark Andrews can do, and they took Hurst in the first round. Like, Mark Andrews is a very good tight end, and he's very good on that team. So he's got he's in the perfect spot. He'll be a top-five tight end. He's not touching Kelsey or Kittle area, but outside of that Waller, Hawkinson, Andrews range, they're all up there for tight end three. I have Waller in the same range as Kittle and 
Kelsey. But and so, do you think he's worth his uh, five oh three uh, ADP? Are you is, are you willing to take him early in the fifth? I'm willing to take him as soon as I see some of those other guys start to go off, and I feel like I need to get my tight end. Yeah, he's my least liked out of that top tier in tight ends. I think there's there's two tiers for me, and then it's just you know tight end by committee. And what Chris was saying for me, it's Kittle, Kelsey, Waller, drop off, and he's in that second tier with Hawkinson, Pitts. Um, maybe even Tunyon this year if Aaron Rodgers stays there. And that's where – and he's like my least favorite of those because he's just such an inconsistent 25 points, 2 points, 28 points, 1 point. And it's just – I hate that on my team. So I don't I don't think he's going to hit anywhere near the top five, though. I think he's going to be that six, seven tight end probably. I put him at five. I think that he's I, – I have Hawkinson – in between that, you know, at that four, and then I got Andrews. That's what I, I like him right around there. But um, he's definitely somebody that you know. You, you're right. He's he's Lamar's favorite target. So, but speaking of some of Lamar's least favorite targets, let's talk about uh, Hollywood Brown and possibly rookie uh, Rashad Bateman. What can we expect from rookie first first round rookie Rashad Bateman in 2021? Uh, I mean, that's hard to project right now. He's a now. great possession he's receiver. A, he's one a of the most NFL ready receivers from this draft. I loved him coming in, but. His landing spot doesn't do too, too much for me for fantasy-wise. If Lamar finally gets it together, then, yeah, he can be great. But we've been trying to get Hollywood Brown to be great for years to come. It just hasn't happened yet. They'll have good weeks, but as a reliable every-week option, like, you wouldn't want Rashad Bateman as your wide receiver, too, would you? No, God, no. Yeah, so I just... No, but you don't I, have to draft him as your wide receiver, too. No, but I I just... I'm, I'm kind of not in an avoid state, but he's not in my list of people I'm trying to target. Yeah, I think he's more of a good NFL asset for the Ravens, not so much good as a fantasy asset. I think he's going to draw a couple more double teams. He's a bigger body receiver, help out Mark Andrews a lot. But for fantasy, I think it's going to be a lot inconsistency because of how much they run the ball. I mean, they can easily go up on teams 20 nothing and just run the ball the rest of the game. So it's going to be inconsistent for, for me for fantasy with Bateman. Yeah, and I mean, I, I love Bateman, the player. I want him in all my dynasty leagues. But in far as far as my redraft leagues, I think he's better left to the waiver wire and then make a move for him if he does pop. Uh, but, but I like Bateman in dynasty because I like the outlook for him for the exact reason that we're going to dive into next. I don't think Hollywood Brown is a wide receiver one. I think he's very good. Like, he's a very good slot receiver. I don't think that he's a bad receiver by any means. But... What are you guys doing with the other side of this receiving core? You know, is this the year? Do we can Hollywood live up to the expectations he's had? Is that even possible for him? I don't think so. I he think, did end the year on a tear last year. Yeah, but I mean, they've got they added Sammy Watkins, they've got Devin Duvernay, they've got a couple other wide receivers there. Like it'll be a big mix of guys that just aren't getting great targets, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I'm staying away from Hollywood. He burned me too many times. Has he ever burned you at all? I've not known you to have him. Yeah, I had him in a, in a few uh, redrafts, I feel like, and he was just a lot of potential. You know, he's the only guy on their team, and you just got nothing from him. Now he's, and he's going in the ninth round, so the back of the ninth round right now in 12-man normal half PPR format. So, anyway, but that, that wraps things up. for You guys got any closing arguments for the Ravens? Nope. Go Browns. All so, right. Solid run game, so I definitely want pieces of that, not so much in the passing game. Fair enough. Let's move forward to uh, the fan favorite Cleveland Browns. <laughs> We uh we need a drop for some of these teams Super here. Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Super okay. Browns. Yeah. You done? Thank you, Ken Carmen. Yeah. You, you done with that? Yep. You're the Ravens fan. So anyway, Nick Chubb. That's where we are starting here with the Cleveland Browns segment of this show. And what is he capable of? Is he a top five fantasy running back in 2021, or is he going to be held back by the limitations of Kareem Hunt? Where do you think he belongs in the first round of your home 12-man redraft league? Top five, top five, top five, top five. So for me, he's right after that first group of running backs that go. If I'm in the sixth, seventh, eighth spot, that's where I'm taking him all day long. I think he has the potential to be the top running back along with like Derrick Henry and CMC. So I'm taking him in the back of the first round as much as I can. I like Nick Chubb a lot. I'm not going to pre- – capable of top five, yes. We've seen what he can do when he has a full season. He's a 1,400-plus yard runner. Like, it's it's amazing what the guy does with his legs. But with the mix of Kareem Hunt, I think he's kind of in that, like, 6 to 10 range for me personally as a fantasy option. He's my number one RB in my heart. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's funny because you're the highest one here on the Steelers running back. I'm probably the highest one here on the Browns running back. I think Nick Chubb is big time. I want all the shares of Nick Chubb. I think it's McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Nick Chubb. There you go. Kamara, Barkley, Henry, you're behind him. I, I mean, look, we've seen what Stefanski does with these teams. This is a Dalvin Cook-like running back that can have a Dalvin Cook-like season, and nobody thought Dalvin Cook was going to be a top two, top three running back the year that he exploded. Nick Chubb was the RB11 last year with missing five games, and I say five games because he got hurt in the, like the first quarter of the game that he went down in. Like, This is a phenomenal running back for a phenomenal team with a phenomenal coach with a phenomenal offensive line. They, have, they just boosted the defense. Everything the Browns have done, as much as I hate to say it, it's been very good moves. You put good defense with a good running back and a good system and a good line, that equals top five running back. Now, I get it. In a standard league, I, I agree. Well, yeah, PPR, I, and I know you're going to say that, but, I mean, you don't have that argument against Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry doesn't have another top ten running back breathing down his neck. This team's going to run enough for both these guys to take. And they will. Like, there's a reason that they both finished as RB1s last year because there is enough to go around for them, but... They both weren't top five. Uh, well, yeah, you're right. They weren't top five. But, I mean, Nick Chubb could have been. He was 11. Could have been. Add five games on to Nick Chubb, and what do you expect? I mean, name me another player outside of Derrick Henry that has a percentage chance to score a touchdown in every single game besides Nick Chubb. I can't. Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey would have Dalvin been somebody. But that, like and that's the point. And that's, I mean, if you wanted to tell me Derrick Henry over Chubb, I would say, okay, that makes sense. But, like... And, you know, we'll talk about Barkley, but, like, Barkley starting off the year on a snap count, Barkley coming off that injury, Barkley dealing with that offensive line, all those things, over a guy like Nick Chubb that's playing behind this top five line, give me Chubb. I agree. So, anyway, uh, going forward here, let's talk about Kareem Hunt. What do you think about Kareem Hunt? Is he It's similar to last year. You know, Kareem Hunt was one of the biggest values in the draft last season. You got him in, like, the fifth round, and he paid dividends. He was an RB1 for a majority of the year, even with Nick Chubb on the field. What what has changed this year? Do you have any different opinions on Nick Ch- or on Cream Hunt? Nothing has changed. He's right where he should be. He if you're taking him in the fifth round, you're getting a steal because you're getting a guy who has more than just standalone value. He has RB one, RB two on your team potential. Like if you're going zero RB and Cream Hunt's your first running back, I think you hit it solid there. Yeah, and he's going in the he's going at five oh two. Yeah, he's going back in the fifth round because everyone's worried about Nick Chubb taking all of the work, and Nick Chubb will take most of the work. But Kareem Hunt, what he does when it is his time to shine is remarkable. He is a top five talented running back in the league. Yeah, I think Kareem is one of the most nasty running backs in the red zone, and you saw it time and time again. He just makes people miss. He has a nose for the end zone, so as soon as he gets the ball within the twenty, you know it's going to go for a score. I think he's the best flex slash handcuff you can get on your team because if Nick Chubb does go down he's automatic but if not you can play him every single week yeah so Nick Chubb in the first or Kareem Hunt in the fifth which value is better value wise Kareem Hunt in the fifth but Nick, Nick Chubb in the first player, because player wise Nick Chubb in the first I think Nick Chubb like Chris was saying has top three potential yeah and I don't see that with Hunt so I'm uh, moving forward here let's talk Brown or let's talk Baker Mayfield what kind of fantasy value do you see what kind of season can we expect from Baker Mayfield um, I'll probably throw him in like the 15 to 20 range as far as fantasy quarterbacks go, maybe like 17 to 25, like a, a lower tiered fantasy quarterback because he, d- they don't need him to do too much. He's not going to throw for 300 something yards a game. He's not going to throw for 45 touchdowns this year. So he'll, he'll do his job and he'll do it great. But for fantasy purposes, I don't think it's something like to rely on. Yeah. It might be the Homer in me, but I'm all in on Baker. This is going to be one of the best offenses in the NFL it's going to be like the Chiefs like the Bills as much as I hate to say it like with Josh Allen last year there this offense is going to be explosive the scoring opportunities are going to be abundant and he has the potential to soar to the top 10 while picking him at like 15 16th quarterback so I think it's it's a huge value to get and yeah it's a little risky because of the dominance of the run game but it's still such a high potential with this offense. Yeah, if you're high on Baker Mayfield, then you can kind of picture him as like the Ryan Tannehill thing. Like he'll he'll work so well in the play action and he'll he'll get his shots because of what this team can do around him. So Baker Mayfield, he's got tremendous upside, but realistically, just because of the workload, he's not gonna need to do too much. Yeah, and that's fair. And I mean, for me, I, I'm gonna beat the horse one more time. I don't see top 10 for Baker Mayfield. That's not something I personally look at. But for me, he is that Carson Palmer on the Cardinals 
perfect, consistent quarterback. If you get a super stacked team and you happen to neglect the quarterback position, you can get Baker Mayfield. He's going to be, he doesn't turn the ball over. So you're no. good for that 18 to 22 points per game. That's really helpful for those teams that are stacked at the running back and wide receiver position. So, but uh, uh, moving forward here, let's talk about some of Baker's passing options here. How do we feel about this Browns receiving core? You know, between Odell Beckham Jr. and Juice, Jarvis Landry, you know, what's a realistic ceiling for these guys? How do you feel about them? I mean, a realistic ceiling for OBJ is a wide receiver one because of just what he can do with his talent. But I'm going to project them around Odell Beckham, like a top tier wide receiver three, like middle tier wide receiver two. And then Jarvis Landry is like a flex play wide receiver four. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know which one I'd rather have. I know Jarvis is going to be going a lot later. So I think I'm going to lean more towards Jarvis. And I can bet that. So Odell's right now is going in the very beginning of the sixth round. And Ooh-hoo. Yeah, the, they're kind of both slipping in drafts. Um, Where is Jarvis? Let me find that. So Jarvis is going in the eighth, back of the eighth. All right, I'm going Odell then off that ADP just because he has the – potential like i said earlier to score at any point of the field so he can easily finish as a top 12 fantasy receiver if he stays healthy if this offense is going to be as dominant as i see it to be so i'm gonna go obj all day now as residential browns fans i just gotta ask do you guys buy into that whole that whole like you know illusion of odell beckham actually makes this team worse because baker feels the need to force feed him the ball because that is a narrative that it for some reason is out there it's a dumb narrative just like the dumb narrative that odell beckham's a bad teammate no, it's just something that people like to write about, but no one has ever said anything about being a teammate of his that they don't like him. Yeah, that's that's just like something to get clicks, I feel like. Yeah, like, it's there's no way you can add a player of Odell's caliber and make a team worse. Yeah, I, I, just, I have to agree. I don't think that makes any sense. Good teams, they get good players, and it makes the team better. And that's where we're at right now. We're finally in that good team status that's going to elevate with Odell on the field. Yeah, nobody hated the Saints for forcing the ball to Michael Thomas. Yeah, but I mean, that's because it works. Exactly. You give it to your best player. I mean, the Browns need to spread the ball around. But I I agree. You don't add a player like Beckham. And I I would take Beckham over Landry just based on the ADP. Um, You know, but going forward, do we we need to spend any time with Browns head ends? You guys like Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant. Is he going to do something this year? And Joku, Um, is he going to finish on the team? I think he could do worse than Austin Hooper. I think, you know, if he's on the field and he's playing most of the snaps, he's fine. Harrison Bryant, he has his times to shine. And Joku will catch a touchdown maybe three times this year, but... Yeah, like as far as fantasy tight ends to target, no, they're kind of a little bit off my radar. I could see Hooper um, in that, like, uh, where were we talking about Ferkser last week? He's in that good, like, tight end by committee just because of the offense he's in. So I wouldn't hate taking him in the back of the rounds because he will, will definitely take a dip from what he did last year, but he still showed potential in Atlanta to be a top-tier tight end. So I like the late-round stash with Hooper. Yeah, I just think that with the way Harrison Bryant stepped up last year and the fact that Njoku's on the team, I think Austin Hooper is a really, really good football player that similar to like what you were talking said about Bateman, that he helps, you know, the NFL teams, but he doesn't necessarily help your fantasy team. But with the amount of scoring opportunities this team can get, you're right. You probably could do worse. He's not a terrible, you know, zero tight end flyer, but he's not really somebody I absolutely want on my team. So but uh, let's close things out on the Browns here and get ready to move forward. Do the Cleveland Browns have a legit chance to win a Super Bowl in 2021? Hell yes, brother. Hell fucking yeah. Yeah, Browns are Browns are winning the Super Bowl 2021. Mark it's it. our time, baby. Our time to shine. I wouldn't like proclaim it. I wouldn't say it's an absolute going to happen. It's thing. fun to proclaim, okay? Of it's, course they have a realistic shot. They have a great team, a great coach, and they've got good talent. Like it's they have a shot just as much as any of the other top teams in the AFC do outside of maybe Kansas city. But yeah, like they're, they're great. They have, of course they have a shot. Yeah. For me, I think it's going to be a four, maybe five team race in the AFC. It's going to be us, the Ravens, the Bills Buffalo and, the Chiefs. and Chiefs with Tennessee closing in a little bit behind them, but I don't know how good their defense. Is I'll put be. the Steelers chiefs, get about the no, Chargers. Steelers, Titans and uh, Colts in that kind of range too. See, Herbie lost a lot of close games last year, so I think he may need another season to learn how to win before they can make that. And jump. a new head I coach. I think Anthony Lynn lost. No, I like their head coach now. You could like their new head coach, but until he starts head coaching games, we don't know. I, I like I like a lot. I like the person they got in there a lot. But anyway, uh, moving forward here, let's move on. And I, I actually, I I hate to, I agree with you guys. I think the Browns do have a legit chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, going forward to the Northern Kentucky. Cincinnati Bengals. We're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> I was looking for the button, but I didn't feel like finding it. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about Joey B, Mr. Joe Burrow out of LSU, 
First 101 in the draft. Do you have any concerns about this guy getting off to a slow start? Because let's be real, he's starting at less than 100% with that gruesome injury. But on the flip side, look at the arsenal of weapons this kid has. How do you feel about Joe Burrow? Let me know. I love Joe Burrow. He's he's a great quarterback, and he's playing quarterback. So an ACL tear isn't as bad. Like if it was Lamar, that would suck. But for a dude who doesn't rely on his legs as much, it's just fine. Um, it sucks that they didn't really add to the offensive line as much as they should have in this draft, but getting Jamar Chase is wonderful. So he's got all of the weapons he could need. A bad defense, that just spells great fantasy quarterback. Yeah, they added a, a guard slash tackle in the second round. So it's not it wasn't, bad either. Yeah, it was not a terrible move. And I think that they have a young offensive line that could hopefully maybe take a take a step similar to like what Wyatt Teller did last year for the Browns so I'm not too down on their offensive line and this is a team that could throw the ball 50 to 60 times a game which is so what they were doing with Burrow as quarterback. I, I think Burrow has unlimited potential I don't know if I'm going to be buying him that high I would like the value when he slides down because of the injuries though for sure and I agree I think and right now in dynasty especially Superflex, I think he's a great buy because you know I think this is somebody that can be a top five quarterback look I think we're overreacting about the offensive line. They drafted a first-round lineman in the draft previous to this year, and they're getting that guy back. And I agree, this is a young offensive line that might move forward. And you just look at the things that he has to throw the ball to him. And you got Higgins, you got Chase. I I think Burrow's sneaky. Gonna have Tyler Boy. Don't forget, he's it, still good. Okay, yeah, he's there. Sure, yeah, that's a guy that's there. So uh, that's a guy it, that's there. So, but I, I think that we can expect a big, you know, improvement from Burrow this year, and he's somebody that I absolutely do like taking towards, the, you know, the back end of my draft. And you know, if he can, if I can get him as my second quarterback and kind of let him, you know, develop because he does, he's a little bit better when he can use his legs because he can use his legs. Yeah. So, um, but that's I'm going to be interested in him this year. That's for sure. Uh, how do we feel about the new? Rookie sensation, Jamar Chase. Ryan is over here gushing. Like, his face is full-blown, bloodshot red. I'm in love. Jamar Chase, you know, how do we feel about him? Is he worth his current ADP, which I'm going to bring you guys that right here? He looks like he's going yeah. in the eighth round, yeah. middle of the eighth round Yeah, for Jamar yeah. Chase. How in do you feel a, about in that? A, in a heartbeat. I think Jamar Chase has almost, like, an unreal upside. Like, he was taken with the fifth overall pick. He is a tremendous, tremendous wide receiver. He's got a great quarterback on a with a bad defense. They're going to be playing from behind. He'll be the new favorite target. Like that's just what's going to happen. Like Jamar Chase is awesome. So yeah, in the eighth round, give me that all day. I'll take him in the sixth. I will take him as my wide receiver too, and not feel bad about it. Yeah, I think he has a pretty wide range of outcomes because of all the receivers on his team and with Joe Mixon there. But he has the Justin Jefferson potential, in my opinion. He could finish as a top twelve receiver. So you're getting him that late. That's a perfect, perfect sleeper. Yeah, I mean, I can't, as much as, I mean, I can't argue that. Getting a guy with that kind of upside in the eighth round, there. what am I supposed to say against that? I mean, he's absolutely a value this year. It's going to be interesting to see. What other wide receivers are going around him, do you know? Um, Not off the top of my head. I'm curious where his uh, draft mate is going, uh, Mr. Devonta Smith, because that is an interesting question. So Devonta Smith is going in the 10th round, middle of the 10th. I'd Would you rather have Smith in the 10th or Chase in the 8th? Chase in the 8th. I mean, Chase does have a much better quarterback. Much better quarterback. He's got much higher upside. The only thing that Smith has is probably more volume. And I don't know how great that volume is in Philadelphia. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I like him where he's going. I don't know exactly who's going near him because I'm just going off of just an overall finding, typing the player's name in and getting their ADP, not just the overall chart. But I can, I'm willing to bank, you know, like I'm willing to bank guys like, you know, Brandon Cooks, T.Y. Hilton, we know from last week, he's going in like 10th round. I'd rather have Chase over those guys. I'd rather have Chase way over those guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, and let me ask you this, though. Would you rather have Chase over his own teammate, Mr. T. Yeah. Higgins? Because yeah. T. Higgins last year proved to be a dominant red zone threat. Now, an interesting fact here, he's actually going in the 6th round. T. Higgins? Yes. Yeah, I'd rather have Chase in the 8th. I would rather, if I'm staring in the 6th and I got both of those on my eyes, I'm taking Chase. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm with Ryan, and as much as I hate to agree with him, you know, because <laughs> some of the moves he's been making recently in his leagues are just very, very questionable, but he's right about this one. I think he has the potential to be that next group of, like, you know, top 10 receivers for the rest of his career. So whether you're talking dynasty, redraft, anything, I like him a lot. Yeah, I would, if you're talking player versus player, I want T. Higgins because I want the touchdown upside. And T. Higgins, I mean, the dude looks like a tight end when he's on the Jamar field. Chase has tremendous I, touchdown I understand upside. that, but I've seen what T. Higgins can do, and T. Higgins is now building on a second year. If you're talking just give me player to player, same round, I'm picking Higgins. I like Higgins. But I'm not going to neglect the value there of taking Higgins in the sixth or Chase in the eighth, which I'm, I'm loving this Chase in the eighth stuff today. Oh, it's and, fantastic. Um, 
We're going to be saying that a lot. Chasing the eighth. I mean, that upside there, you can't knock that. So, yeah, that's definitely where I'm going to go. Now, what does this do for the third receiver in this room? How do you feel about Tyler Boyd? You know, he's been a reliable, as much as I hate to say it, he's been a reliable wide receiver, too. Over I know the last you hate years. to see it. I really hate to say that so much. You know, where is he? Does he drop? Does he stay the same? What, he what might drop talking? a smidge, but he's still wide receiver three worthy. Like, he'll be the, the safety net. Because they don't have any great tight ends there. He'll be the safety net for Joe Burrow when those other two guys are out wide and running deep routes. And oh, my God. He's not going before Chase, too. He's going in the seventh. Yeah, I Chase, obviously. <laughs> Chase but I think I'd rather, like, if I had to go in order of, like, where I want versus ADP, it goes Chase, Boyd, Higgins. Wow. Oh, wow. So, yeah, see, You'd rather me, have Boyd over Higgins? As you say, for me, Boyd's Bo- definitely Boyd the in third. The, Boyd sure. in the seventh versus Higgins in the sixth? Yeah, I'd rather have Boyd in the seventh. I'd much rather have Higgins in the sixth before Boyd I think in Boyd the tenth. Will, Boyd will probably lead in targets. That's that. that's a bold that's bold statement there. Are I you think willing to bet money on that. I think Chase is definitely going to lead in targets, but I do agree with T Higgins having the touchdown upside. So I like those two. This is the first year that I'm probably going to be out on Boyd though, because I think without an injury, he's not going to be a reliable option week in and week out. He's old veteran though; like he'll be on the field. Yeah, he's old. That's for sure. So anyway, uh, is this finally the year that we see a top twelve finish from Mister Joe Mixon? In 2021 half PPR format, do you think Samaj P. Ryan is going to cause any Giovanni Bernard-like issues? We did already kind of touch on this. We did, and I'll, I'll re-elaborate. I th- Joe Mixon is probably around, like, 15 for me, so he can touch that, like, RB1 territory. But, yeah, without a great, great team, I don't think he'll have that high of a ceiling. So I'll, I'll put him into that high-end RB2 territory. I'm going to be bold here. I think he's going to finish in the top 10. I think he's going to finally pay off those last three years of drafting him in the first round, early second round. This is the year. Go out and grab Joe Mixon. I I have to agree. I'm I'm in on Joe Mixon this year. I really am. I think that he's going to have a lot of opportunity coming his way. I think we're going to see a lot of receptions going his way. Like, you know, I did highlight Zach Taylor is a guy that wants to get him involved. He wants to lean on his running back. I think Joe Mixon's an RB1 in 2021. So, anyway... um. That's going to round things out for there. Is Do you guys care about the tight end room on this team? Is there any, you know, Uzama, Thaddeus Moss, nope. uh, any of these guys? Do you want any flyers, anything whatsoever with this tight end room? Who was the guy that I was really high on? Drew, uh, was it Sample? Yes. Drew Sample? Yeah. Give me Drew Sample no. in the very, very no. last round. Stop it. Just because I loved him for right. like two games. That's more of a wait and see and maybe make some <laughs> waiver wire ads if he's that dominant. When he sees like eight targets in a game, we're all rushing to the waiver wire to add him. All right, moving forward here to the everyone's favorite, the best in the division, clearly, obviously, number one. We're talking about, I'm wearing the jersey, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. You're not fine. Whatever, you're fine. <laughs> you got to turn it up. They can't actually hear that. There you go. There's crickets there you for you go. guys. With Chris proclaiming yeah. Top so, team. So, anyway, uh, let's jump into these guys here. Can Najee Harris, first-round drafted running back, have a Jonathan Taylor slash James Robinson-like rookie season? Do you see top 12 finish in the outlook for him? Ryan, I know you do. Yeah. Let's hear what Seta thinks. For me, I think it's a possibility just because of the Steelers' bell cow mentality. I like the Steelers' running backs year in and year out in fantasy as much as I hate to say anything about liking anything with the Steelers. But I think he's closer to the back end, like that 12, 13 through 15 kind of spot for me. And he's going in, like, the, the second round, third round. like He's going I, in the third on average. Okay, so, like, I don't know if if that really is that big. Like, that's a big gamble, in my opinion. Rookies, in general, are a huge gamble when it goes to, you know, coming to the NFL, especially if you're not a top five running back, top ten running back drafted. And, you know, there's a reason he fell to 18. If he was as good as, you know, Zeke or Saquon or CMC, any of those guys, I feel like he would have gone in the top ten no matter how the offenses look in the NFL nowadays. So it's a little bit of a risk for me. Yeah, for me personally, it's landing spot alone is really what did it because I liked ETN going into the draft more as a fantasy player, but landing on the Steelers was the perfect situation for Najee. He'll be a top 12 guy. He'll probably be around RB8, RB9 for me when I come to do my rankings because he'll get the volume. He doesn't have really any competition. There's nobody there. Benny Snell and uh, Anthony Anthony McFarland, Tony Mack Jr. Yeah, like Big Ben is not young. Like they and will be relying tr- he's on turning into a Phil Rivers, like with the yeah. checkdowns. And that's what he does. Yeah, and like, so he'll get some passing work. He'll get the goal line work and he'll get 18 to 25 carries a game. Like that's just, that's RB one volume right there. And, and I, I think just, he's a great running back. 
And I agree. And I just think that, and I agree with everything you just said because I think the league has changed. I think the league has caught on to what drafting a running back early does to getting value on those picks because they running backs they don't have a long shelf life. They don't tend to last that long. You don't really get to fully you know, and it creates a problem down the road because they want to get paid, and paying them historically doesn't pay off for the team. So. That's why I think running backs nowadays are starting to slip further and further back in the draft. I mean, you saw last year, Clyde Edwards-Lair was the first running back taken. It was the last pick in the first round. I love Najee Harris. I think he absolutely is and can be an RB1 in 2021. I I love him in the third. I think he creeps up into the second, though, come actual redraft. I'll be season. taking him in the second, too. The, the last thing I'll leave with Najee is when I'm looking at rookies, I do a lot more film study than I do on the like, current NFL players because I kind of know how they play where I'm not that big into the college football scene. So watching his film, it's so hard to grade. He, like, I could run for five yards of carry with that offensive line in Alabama. So it's it's hard to say that it diminishes him as a player because he was a, he was dominant. He can catch anything. He can hurdle over anybody. But it's hard to analyze that film with freight train trucks, you know, right. you know going through those holes. So it's a little scary for me. I get that. Like, yeah, it's hard I, to I grade. Do it's hard that. to grade an Alabama player when everyone else around them is – just as good as they are, and then everyone they're playing isn't. But, I mean, we've like looking at what he did on the goal line with Alabama, he was given the ball, he's in the end zone. 23 touchdowns. 23 touchdowns, because you can just give him the ball and he'll find his way. He is good for getting you the, the chunk yardage. And he has sneaky good hands, and Ben is going to, they're going to, they throw to the running back a lot. A volume alone will keep him in the top 15. Right. So uh, let's uh, talk Pittsburgh receiving core. Rank these three, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chase Claypool. How do you guys feel? Let me hear it. So me, it would go DJ number one, Juju number two, Claypool number three. And only because I think it's going to be checked down central with Big Ben. But I swear, Juju can very easily come back and be that top three round receiver. But I still think Deontay has that, you know, schemed up plays and the screens and everything like that. So... I like Deontay the best. I agree with you completely on that list. I think it goes DJ, then Juju, then Claypool. But I also think Claypool has the highest ceiling because of what he can do on the deep ball, what he can do, like, going with the go-up-and-get-it balls. Like, he is Mapletron. He is, he's a big-bodied receiver who can do a lot of good stuff. So if he becomes the favorite target of Ben, then, yeah, he's got wide receiver one potential. Yeah, I, I agree with the highest ceiling for sure. And if they decide to scheme him up, like they were Deontay last year or Juju in the year prior. Yeah, he definitely has a high ceiling for sure. Yeah, and you know, and I th- I agree with I, I, you guys hit the I'm the same way. Deontay, Juju, Claypool, but I think Deontay is the safest of the three. I think Deontay right. is the one. I think Deontay has an arguable chance to have 100 receptions this year, just like he did last year. Because that's what he does. He's yeah. great at getting targets and he's, and he's great in at that catching AB the ball. Role. Yeah. But I do think that this team, I do think Claypool's a bit of a riskier pick because while I agree as the highest ceiling, I do expect this team, especially with the addition of, you know, Najee Harris and promoting Matt Canada to offensive coordinator, like I think they're going to dial back on the passing a little bit. They're going to try to. So there's a chance we see a lot less passing volume from this team on this year. They're going to try to get the run going. So, but I, I couldn't agree with you guys with that option more. I think Juju's kind of just, you know, a decent pick in the middle. He's not a terrible, if you can get him, if you can get him as your wide receiver three or four as a flex play, you're sitting pretty. That's more than likely not going to happen. Juju's going in the seventh. Claypool's also going in the seventh. I think Deontay's going in the sixth. So they're all very close, but um, I, I want Deontay Johnson. Yeah especially in a PPR league. I'm all over him. I think he's a massive value. If Seta didn't have him as a hit of the year last year, he'd probably be one of mine this year. <laughs> so anyway, uh, going forward, you know, let's talk about, let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger. How do we feel about big Ben as a fantasy quarterback in 2021? Does he have streaming upside? Is this somebody you can rely on when, you know, you're Kyler Murray's on a bye week when you're Russell Wilson's on a bye week? How do you feel about that? Any starting quarterback has streaming upside, but yeah, as a, like a week in week out play. No, I don't think he really does. He's, He's, he's too old, and he can't sling the ball like he used to be able to, and there will be a more ground-focused game. So, yeah, he'll have those home game weeks where your quarterback's on a bye and you'll throw him in. He'll throw three or four touchdowns, and he'll put up a great week for you, but that's just not going to be too consistent to to rely on. So, no, I, streaming option, yes, but that's it for me. Yeah, if I'm completely punting that position and I'm going with, like, three late-round QBs, he might be a target, but if I'm only going with two and I have one more, like, in the upside in the, like, top seven rounds – I'm going to probably just stay away from Big Ben. Yeah, and I mean, I think he's somebody you want to keep your eye on because we have seen him explode. But when we were seeing him explode, it was when that defense was really bad. And I don't think that defense is bad. I think they still have TJ Watt. They still have Minka Fitzpatrick. Devin Bush is back and healthy. You know, I like Highsmith, the new uh, the, and the end rusher that's replacing Bud Dupree. 
I like the options of the team. Even Joe Hayden, a veteran in the locker room. I, I just don't know if you can see that top 20 upside from Roethlisberger anymore, especially on a team that I believe is going to try and get the ball. You know, they're going to try and run the ball a lot more. So I'm going to keep an eye on him because I know what his upside can be. If he's in a smash matchup and they're not coming off a of bye week because for whatever reason Tomlin can't get them prepared after coming off a of bye week, um, you know, that's somebody I'm going to look at there. But I, overall, I kind of agree with you guys. So and uh, that leads me here to the last question we have on the Steelers. You know, what I've been kind of beating the drum at on all day here. How do you guys feel? Do you think that they are going to have a more balanced pass-to-run ratio? I mean, they've always been a more balanced-type team. Like they, They've been a run-the-ball, play-defensive team. Yeah. And that's not what they've been the last few years. No, because they haven't had a great run. Ever since Bell left, like James Conner, he showed flashes, but he could never stay on the field long enough. And their other guys they were running out there weren't too great. So now that they get a bona fide running back, they'll be a more running team. But I think that'll just equalize their passes to be more, like, fantasy reliable yeah they got dominant receivers i think it's hard to be more run based with this kind of group but they're definitely gonna be running more with Najee instead of a banged up james connor so yeah that's fair and i do think that a lot of people similar to the Bengals are a little bit overreacting to their offensive line situation i think this year was very deep with the offensive line i think the run the linemen that they got you know in the third and fourth they're typically not third and fourth round linemen so i grant i don't think it's a great offensive line i do think there's reason to be concerned but it's going to be interesting to see for sure. Now, do you guys, let's uh, close things out here. Do you have any interest in the, t- similar to t- uh, Bengals, do you have any interest in the tight end room here? You know, Ebron, he's flashed, but he's got drop problems. They drafted, uh, a.k.a. Baby Gronk, Pat Fryermuth in the second round. Second round, yeah. That's, the, you know, that's that's interesting there, but typically tight ends take a few years to break out, so. Have the Steelers ever had a top five tight end fantasy-wise? I don't think in fantasy, like, no. going back I mean, like Keith, Keith Miller, Miller was good, but he wasn't top but, five. But, yeah, like, so for fantasy-wise, no, but I think, I think Baby Gronk will be He'll be reliable. Like, he'll be fine. A tight end streamer like, and a yeah. garbage t- tight end landscape. Exactly. Come yeah. after week eight when he actually starts solidifying himself in that role. Yeah, but I think he's definitely worth the dart throw late in your drafts in case he does explode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, tight end by committees on the NFL team scare me for tight end by committees on my fantasy team. We I'm know, staying away from both. Eric Ebron's got brick hands, so. I know, but I'm not investing a pick in my – I'm not investing a pick in the draft in Pat Fryermuth because there's just – there's no point. I can pick him up on the waiver wire week eight when he actually starts doing something. I'm not yeah. going to hold that for eight weeks. Yeah, I'm with that. So that's going to round out our divisional uh, breakdown here. We have a special guest coming on to the show here. Uh, Seta, tell us a little bit more about uh, who we got coming on tonight. All right, and the moment you guys have all been waiting for, we have a writer from Dynasty Nerds, an NFL correspondent from Fantasy Pros, Mr. Connor. Welcome into the show, Hit Sick Fantasy, first time special guest appearance. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to talk some football with you guys. Yeah, awesome too. Where can uh, where can the people find you at on Twitter or any of uh, your social medias? Okay, you can find me at at Kanban NFL on Twitter. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, I've been me and him been uh, you know going back and forth with some of his takes recently, and he definitely has a lot of good fantasy input. But let's just get right into it. When did you get into mm-hmm. fantasy football, and uh, what do you love most about it? Okay, yeah, back in uh, middle school, um, I was in a. I went to church and we had a little uh, fantasy football church league. Um, it's not together right now, but that's what started, you know, me getting into fantasy football. So, man, it's probably been 10 plus years now. Um, but what I love most about it is the research and trying to find those sleepers, breakouts, you know, in the off season and putting it all together into just breakings right before you draft and just maybe the competitiveness competing against, you know, your buddies and everything like that. And if, if you play sports, then you know what I'm talking about. Just wanted to beat the rest of your friends and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's what I love most about it. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. And, honestly, now with all of the research and everything that everyone's putting into, man, you got to be, mm-hmm. like, dedicated to this stuff to, you know, be a competitive team. So I'm right there with you. So mm-hmm. we were talking a lot of AFC North here today. Um, mm-hmm. If you could do me a favor, rank your uh, AFC North fantasy-relevant running backs for us. Okay, this was really tough because there's so many talented running backs, especially really in the AFC North. Um, so I know it's going to make me sound like a Bengals homer, but I have Joe Mixon, RB10. Um, I just think that he gets unleashed this season with Giovanni Bernard, you know, out. Um, you know, the offensive line still isn't as great as, you know, like Cleveland's, but they did address it in all season, which I'm glad. Um, with Joe Burrow healthy now, you know, they can't stack the box. And um, I think his receiving upside is going to go up exponentially this year. 
Um, and then second one, I had Nick Chubb as RB11. So right behind him. Honestly, if you wanted to flip-flop him, I wouldn't be upset about it. Because he's, honestly, in my opinion, he's the best rusher in the NFL. Besides uh, Derrick Henry, obviously. Let's go. But, I'd love to hear agreed. that. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, he's just so talented, man. I love watching his highlights. Um, but, yeah, he just has dominant offensive line. And the Browns are just a great team, honestly. They What they put around uh, Baker Mayfield and around Nick Chubb, I mean, it's just crazy. Um, but the only downside of Nick Chubb is his pass game involvement with Cream Hunt there. And then you got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. You know, that's going to hurt him. But he has double-digit touchdown upside. So, I mean, you got to love him there. Um, and then we have Najee Harris. He's a rookie. Whoop. You know, it's, it's, it's hard <laughs> to rank him so low because he's, he's going to be locked into close to 300 touches right off the bat. Mike Tomlin loves those Bell Cal running backs, just like Le'Veon Bell. They try to give James Conner the same workload, but he didn't hold up. But, um, yeah, I think he he's definitely has 250-plus carries upside. And then I think he'd catch 40, 50, 60 passes possibly in the Steelers' offense. Um, but, yeah, and then um, J.K. Dobbins comes in at RB18 for me. So I'm kind of lower on Dobbins than a lot of people. I think he's still talented. If he wasn't on the Ravens and he was given a bell cow workload, I th- he would be ranked higher, but he shares with Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. Um, but he's super efficient, man. And you just look at what he did at the second half of the season when he got a good workload. You know, he scored a touchdown, I think it was six or seven straight games. Um, but yeah, it, he's going to be efficient again, but it's just the passing upside is what worries me with him. But, no, I, I mean, he definitely has um, RB1 upside if he can have a season like Mark Ingram did back in 2019. Yeah, it's more of a touchdown-dependent thing, really, is what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, with Gus Edwards there, mm-hmm. it kind of kind of lingers into it, but that 6.1 mm-hmm. yards per carry is nothing to scoff at. And I absolutely mm-hmm. – I love that you have Mixon first there. Because, I mean, granted, and I, I have Chubb first with mine, but we were mm-hmm. just talking Mixon, and I, I was – I went. I'm all in on mixing this year. I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. I think this is finally the year that we're going to get the RB one season that we've wanted from Joe Mixon for so long. Just because of everything mm-hmm. you said, you know, they're going to finally unleash him. We've seen what Zach Taylor is willing to do. So I, I loved that ranking list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I love Nick Chubb and um, Joe Mixon. So mm-hmm. I honestly, it's 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 a toss up. Like I have them both on a couple of my teams. So if you wanted to pick one or the other, it wouldn't be a big deal to me. All right, now, uh, last thing about those running backs. Uh, where do you value Kareem Hunt? In that That's mix? a good question. Uh, I have my rankings pulled up here. Um, let's see. I think I have him as a low-end RB2 or a high-end RB3. He is exactly – yeah, he's RB25 for me. So he's Ooh. right on that fringe RB2. Um, but we just think – I mean, you've seen those by last year at – something happens to Nick Chubb, he's going to get that elite workload. And he has standalone value, too. So he, if you're going zero, if you're going to zero RB for whatever reason, if you like that, then he's a perfect target because, you know, he has that stable floor with the passing catch up, passing um, upside. And uh, he's a good rusher, too. So, I mean, yeah, he's I love Cream Hunt, honestly. All right, I like it. Awesome. And, and so I'm just going to, since we're already here, I'm going to dive into my question here. So you were just <laughs> talking about it, you know, with Najee Harris, me being the residential Steelers fan on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, what, what do you think a realistic ceiling is for Najee in his rookie season? Do you think he can be like a Jonathan Taylor, like a James Robinson mm-hmm. season, you know, or do you think you, where mm-hmm. you have him is probably the best he can do? No, I mean, I have a ranked um, RB 14 right now. And I honestly, if Mike Tomlin gives him 300 plus touches, and with him and that's the offense. I mean, I think I could see top five upside, honestly, even in his first year. I know it's that may be a hot take since he's a rookie, but I mean, I mean, he's going to get 300, close to 300 touches. And I mean, he's going to be efficient too. Um, but yeah, I think that's a realistic ceiling, but for some, that may be a hot take. So. I mean, as a Steelers fan, I definitely don't hate it. Nobody thought James mm-hmm. Robinson was going to be where he was last year, but with all that volume, mm-hmm. we saw what he did. So. Yeah, exactly. So and uh, I got one more question for you. So and um, I'm going to okay. stick with. I know you're you got the Cincinnati uh, homer there, uh, but I'm mm-hmm. curious. Do you have any concerns about Joe Burrow with that injury lingering? Kind of you know into mm-hmm. the start of 2021. Do you think it's going to hold him back at all? And do you think that with that holding him back, it could turn him into a sneaky you know value later on in the year? Yeah, I mean I'm obviously a little bit concerned because 
it was a major injury. It wasn't just like a like an ankle, a small ankle injury. I mean, he had had surgery, but um, he said he's going to try to be 100% by training camp, which is good news. Uh, and then they did a little bit to um, upgrade the offensive line. Um, but, yeah, maybe two starts this season, they may run Vixen a little bit more just to preserve him. Um, but we'll see. And, yeah, that obviously does make him a great late-round QB because he has massive upside if he's healthy because the Bengals' defense is not good at all. Um, no, so they're going to be in a lot – yeah, they're going to be in a lot of shootouts, and especially in the AFC North, um, they're going to – these are explosive teams. So they're going to have to be throwing the ball a lot. And he provides underrated rushing upside too. I mean, he's not – he's not – Kyler Murray, um, Jalen Hurts, or Josh Allen, but like you know, he he can get you two, three hundred, um, two, three hundred uh, rushing yards in a season, and you know that's underrated. So that gives him a stable floor. So yeah, he's definitely a late round QB for me. Yeah, I love all that, and I definitely he's somebody that I'll definitely you know if he does get off to a slow start, I'll be targeting him in trades, and somebody that mm-hmm. I'm hoping to you know pair with another quarterback if I have, end up getting multiple quarterbacks. But I love everything mm-hmm. you just said about him. I like Burrow a lot this year. Mm-hmm. All right, now I got a couple questions with you before we let you go. Uh, okay. So Odell hasn't really lived up to his wide receiver one potential since he came to Cleveland. You know, he was a top two mm-hmm. round guy when he was in New York and, you know, yep. dealing with an injury last year and a disappointing season the year before. Uh, where mm-hmm. do you really see him finishing this season in your rankings? So right now I've been conservative with him in my rankings. He's wide receiver 30 for me. So he's a, about a mid wide receiver three, but I mean, on, the Browns want to run the ball with Chubb and Hunt. So that's the only thing that's – I mean, if he's healthy, he's still elite. I mean, the only reason why is injuries and QB play is why he hasn't looked good. Yeah, easy with, with the, the QB time. play, yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Baker did he, – he did improve, but um, I think um, it's just the upside. I mean, I think I could see him – at best, maybe a mid to low wide receiver too, because Landry's still there and he's um, good in his own right. So, but if they shift to more pass heavy, if they're in more shootouts, then yeah, I mean he definitely has upside if he stays healthy. And I'm really hoping he does stay healthy, though. I'm really hoping so too. Yeah, because he's seeing 133 targets his first year here. That's that's high, high wide receiver one volume right there. He didn't do too much mm-hmm. with it because, like you said, bad quarterback play. You know, and yeah. bad coaching, Freddie Kitchens. But, <laughs> yeah, so I, I like Odell a lot this year as a value. Um, my <laughs> last question for you is, since we've talked a lot about running backs here, uh, the AFC North looks to be a big running division. Do you have any sneaky mm-hmm. wide receiver targets you're looking at in your later rounds of drafts? Yeah, I mean, most of these teams are very top-heavy. You know, they're all going pretty early. I would say round 10 uh, or earlier. So I, I had to dive pretty deep. Um, but if I had a pick a few um i would say uh rookie rashad bateman um or you could do sammy Watkins. yeah i I love bateman uh his college profile and production is just awesome and he fits that alpha wide receiver one build and profile and i think that he's gonna be a big target for lamar jackson this year obviously mark andrews is going to be the number one target but after that i mean i'm not a believer in marquise brown I don't think he's going to demand a high target share, but I, don't I think do anyone think is anymore. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what he is at this point, but with Bateman, I think he profiles as that alpha wide receiver. And I think that he could get close to, I mean, it, they said they want to pass more. So, I mean, a hundred targets made I mean, with 17 games there, he could get there, but uh, yeah, Rashad Bateman. And then the other one, um, Auden Tate. Um, Ooh. If, yeah. It's kind of a deep sleeper. Um, Ian yeah, that's Harden a good one. He's flashed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he flashed when he gets the opportunity. And I was kind of disappointed when Bengals took Jamar Chase, kind of, but because um, I wanted Auden Tate to get a chance. But if Bengals decide to go four-wide receivers or if injuries happen in front of them, then Auden Tate could, yeah, he could be a sleeper, though. But, yeah, it was kind of tough because most of these teams are very top-heavy in the talent on the wide receivers. So, but yeah, these are just a couple of the guys that I would be interested in taking a flyer on. And I absolutely love Rashad Bateman. I think that's a, you know, he's one, he's somebody that I've been really going after in all my dynasty leagues. I just got to ask mm-hmm. you though, as a Bengals fan, just, you know, personal mm-hmm. football talk to football talk here. Mm-hmm. Would you have preferred them to take, you know, Sewell in the first round over Jamar Chase or, you know, 
do you think they kind of mm-hmm. did well with what they did? Well, I mean, I wasn't too bad. I mean, I knew they needed they needed to address the offensive line, hundred uh, percent. But Jamar Chase is just he's just special talent. That like, next generation talent, yeah. Y- yes, exactly. And I know Penny Sewell is great in his own right, um, but with when you have Chase sitting there in your lap, he's generational. You know, some people said he's the best prospect since Julio Jones. Um, so it's hard to pass it up, but I came around to the idea as long as they address the offensive line in rounds two or whatever, and they did. But, but yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to have Penny Soul on the offensive line, but I'm happy with the pieces that they got now, though. Now, would you have been would you have been happy if Kyle Pitts slipped, and would you have rather had him over Chase? Because that's interesting. Ooh. Yeah, I'm a big Pitts fan, but. I think everybody is right now. <laughs> yeah, I know his. I don't even want to look at his ADP. It's probably <laughs> going up near the fourth round, probably, and it's probably going to get to the maybe the late third or mid third by the time drafts roll around. Oh, um, man, that's too I, high a price to pay. You know, we had a super flex yeah. startup, and he went in the fourth round the other day. It was like a few weeks ago. Was it um, tight end premium? No, or was it no, just regular, no. Just regular oh. super flex dynasty. Oh well, okay, well, um, <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, he's basically a wide receiver that you're getting at the tight end position. So I mean, it's that was that's too rich for my blood. But I mean, I can understand it because he's he's generational too, just like uh, Chase. But um, if, if they were both on the board, I would still probably go Chase just because they have longer shelf life, and um, I just like his um, outlook. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Yeah, Connor, one yep. more time, uh, let the people know where they can find you and find your articles and everything like that for them. Okay, you can find my articles at Dynasty Nerds, and also I just started writing for FS Faceoff. You can find that uh, in my bio as well, and you can find me on Twitter at, at NFL. Yeah, he's a great follow. Always spitting out them hot takes, even though I don't agree with the fading Russ Wilson. But, you know, we'll talk about that. <laughs> I've seen you personally agreeing with a lot of his takes lately. Though, I do, so. I do. Well, we'll definitely look forward to bringing you back on, you know, throughout the season and everything mm-hmm. like that, as long as you don't get too big for us. So, uh, yeah, I do, uh, do greatly appreciate you coming on, Connor. All right, thanks, man. Thanks. Nice meeting you guys. All right, talk to you later, buddy. Yep, see you later, man. Have later. Bye. Uh, all right, and that was a special guest. We hope you guys enjoyed this show. Um, I'm I'm pretty jam packed. We talked AFC North. We had fun. We had you know a, a borderline celebrity on here now. <laughs> do you yeah. do you guys got any closing arguments? Ah, uh, just thank you for listening, man. That was that was a lot of fun. That was a good episode. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, this was a good one. So, well, as always, you know where to find us: Hitstick Fantasy on Twitter, Hitstick Fantasy on Facebook, Hitstick Fantasy on Instagram. You can find Seta personally at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at the real Ryan Long. And I'm at Hitstick Chris on Twitter. Hit us up. Get these questions in. Let's get you guys ready and get on this show. Get the swag. Do all the things you guys do. But most importantly, you guys have a great night. Yeah, peace out, his squad. Ask about t-shirts. Forget you, Corey Long. <laughs>